Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. We're taking a break this month and thought we'd reshare some takeaways from season one. In this episode, we hear from Kyle Broclieri and Kenna Cooper, Vice President of Marketing and Director of Marketing from Goriana, Eric Hellstrom, Manager of Retention Marketing at Chubby's, Jens Nicolaisen, Co-Founder and CMO at Shinesty, and Howie Zizzer and Zach Goldstein, Head of Marketing and CEO and Founder at Public Rec. They discuss the various strategies each brand uses to find and keep customers. Give it a listen. Perspective and obviously as a guy, right, and, and having a different viewpoint than most women who is, you know, comprise the majority of our audience, right? Although, you know, guys do wear our, our jewelry. I think it's, it's attainable. Um, it, it's accessible luxury, I think, is one of the kind of phrases that we like to use because, like you mentioned, you know, our price point isn't very high. It's very, you know, accessible to a wide, you know, variety of people. But you have that high-end luxury feel to it. So you can look like a million bucks without spending that much. Um, and I think that appeals to a lot of people. Um, you know, and I think it represents our core values as a brand, right? We're very inclusive, um, but also high end. You know, we're, we're from Laguna Beach. Um, we're from California. And as a California-based brand, you know, there's, it's a melting pot. And so is our customer base. And we want to make sure that we represent, you know, those values being inclusive and being welcoming, welcoming, but also being beachy and, and attainable. You know, everyone, you know, loves the beach, or at least, you know, most people love the beach. Mm -hmm. And most people, you know, when you picture a vacation, where do you picture? You picture it on a beach somewhere. And mm -hmm. I think we like to be able to evoke that vibe and that feeling. And like you said, I mean, it makes you feel good. And, it, you know, and I think that's something a lot of our customers can relate to and uh, when, they, when they wear our jewelry. Yeah, I was going to say inclusive as well. And, and I think that's really a breath of fresh air in our industry. I mean, we have a lot of competitors that produce extremely similar product. Um, but the thing that Kyle and I really challenge the team to do is always speak in an approachable tone. And our tone is that that's between friends. So we want our brand to not only have approachable price points and approachable product, but we really don't want to be, you know, speaking in this holier than thou voice or in this fashion voice in our email or in any of our assets. We want to talk to you like we're your girlfriend. And that's where we're finding a lot of success and building a lot of community. There's a lot of different things we look at and kind of levers we pull, but specifically for me, it's looking at how we're performing on ads and email kind of things that we can directly um, influence. So every week kind of looking at how much spends going to, uh, people like, like, uh, customers we already have, what type of return we're getting on that, how much we're getting from email, um, what like the lifetime value of a newly acquired customer is over like the first 30 days. And then after that, um, and then how much like extra revenue we're making from there. Um, I also own our, we have like a rewards program where you can sign up and for every purchase you're getting points and you can do certain things like leave a review, like us on social and get points, which is pretty much just free discounts. 
Um, so a big part of my role too is figuring out how to use that to re-engage people. Gotcha. And are there specific marketing tools that you like or that you use on a daily basis for things like email? Yeah, I mean, we use Klaviyo. So I'm, you know, I'm deep in the game on Klaviyo. I've uh, spoke at their conference last year. It's a cool platform. Um, but yeah, it's a crazy amount of time in there. Um, and uh, we do a lot of our reporting out of Looker. So uh, I do a lot of like the email data side. So weekly reports on Looker and stuff like that. Gotcha. Man. And Eric, you, I want to back up on something you said. So you were actually a retail store manager yeah. at one point and then, and then you shouldered your way onto the marketing team. Talk, talk to me about that. I mean, it's almost in a way it's like from the ground up, if you will, but yeah. uh, tell me about that transition. How did that happen? Was someone just like, Hey man, uh, uh, you, the store has been doing well. Yeah. Join the marketing team. Yeah. So it worked well for me is I kind of, uh, I really wanted to work for Chubby's because I knew of the brand for a long time. I kind of knew what the voice was that like, it was pretty, it's a kind of a comedy centric brand. And I did improv comedy and some comedy writing even before working for Chubby's. So once I got in there, I kind of just looked for opportunities to not only like use it in the store, like when customers would come in, we'd really joke around with them. Uh, and it was kind of a unique experience because the things that people were seeing on the website and email on social, they're coming into the store and we were providing it in person, which was great. So it kind of gave me a leg up and like uh, kind of got noticed for that. But even then uh, we start, we have a Slack channel that uh, it's called, it's an email subject lines one that I got myself into just because they knew I was kind of funny. Um, and I just started writing free subject lines in there. So I probably wrote couple thousand subject lines even before they started paying me to be on the marketing team um, which was cool and then I kind of had a good relationship with the director of e-commerce marketing at that point after like a year of being in that channel and doing some other marketing stuff for him um, I helped like shoot some stuff and uh, like actually write some emails while I was a manager so uh, I kind of used that to my advantage which was nice. Yeah, I got into marketing because originally in college, I was kind of interested in psychology. I was just really interested in why people made the decisions that they did. And then you get this, you realize there's this whole kind of branch of consumer consumer behavior, which is, I think, kind of the foundation of marketing and why people make the decisions that they do. And ultimately, how can you influence those, you know, to your advantage or your company's advantage? And, um, but I, I pretty quickly realized I didn't really want to be a psychologist. I didn't want to be in academia. Um my family was always really entrepreneurial. I started my first business when I was like 12 or 13 or something like that, selling skateboard wax to different like skate shops in Phoenix. Um, so I always, I always wanted to start my own business. I always wanted to be entrepreneurial. And so I landed in marketing because I thought, hey, this is kind of where the rubber hits the road with, with consumer behavior. And I'm really interested in how you create products that really resonate with people, get their message out about them, and ultimately, you know, find ways to to convert people to customers and then loyal customers. Um, and so that took me originally into like, um, essentially like management consulting, but with a marketing focus or for a, a large consult consulting group doing uh, projects mostly for the Pernod Ricards and Starbucks and Diageo's and Nestle's of the world. And so you really got a, a chance to see how, you know, the biggest brands, you know, build brands and, and create, create really smart businesses. And, you know, eventually when, 
I met my business partner and he kind of had the, the genesis of the idea for Shinesty. And I was like, man, I get this. This was me in college. I'm ready for the next step. I'd love to see where the rubber hits the road. And so I was kind of able to go from more philosophizing and research and the consulting side to actually, you know, kind of learning where the rubber hits the road and how you actually build a brand, how you actually build a business. And I definitely think that's my, that's my calling because I love what I do. And Jens, what are some of the uh, channels that you guys focus on right now to grow the brand? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, we, like a lot of brands do have a pretty large paid program that we've, you know, across search and social, uh, Direct mail is a big one. We have huge focuses on our internal, you know, customer databases. So email is big for us. We're launching SMS. Um, we have big focuses on SEO as well. It's just a, you know, it's one of those, not everyone understands it, but it's really, really powerful when you can harness it. It takes a while to build and build right. But, um, you know, I think between all of that, and we also, they're not necessarily like channels, but we kind of consider the site a channel in a lot of ways and like figuring out how you constantly are making a, a better, higher converting site and surfacing the right product to the right person uh, kind of becomes its own exercise in, in targeting and product product market fit in the same way that you're kind of, you know, creating target creative overlap when you do paid or something like that. And Jens, talk to me about the skateboard wax company that did not come up in our research it's tell me about that where, where, where did you get this wax resume yeah <laughs> i was yeah. you know i uh i would buy these like huge like i mean they were almost like maybe like 18 inches by like 12 inch bricks of wax and i would like melt them down and add color to them and try to like increase the paraffin content to like make it really slick so that you could use it for skateboarding and it was called it was called mama's recipe sold it to tons and tons of like skate shops around the phoenix area for a while um kind of had a lot of fun doing that uh it it, it kind of fizzled out as i got into high school and found you know other passions and <laughs> But it was kind of like my, my whole, my family was always really entrepreneurial and I was really, you know, interested in, in figuring that out even from a young age. I think we've been getting inbound from women uh, for a long time now of like, you know, can you make this for us? Can you make, you know, have a women's offering? And so that's, that's a demand that we felt for a little bit now and felt comfortable kind of testing into and seeing, you know, how the, how the brand would resonate with women. And then, you know, as you mentioned, one of the, big things that we've done to differentiate the brand and for the product is offering waist and length sizing because for men, you know, leisure pants, normally small, medium and large often don't fit because of that. And it was, you know, why is it, it feels like that was being ignored for men. And then as we started to, you know, learn more about the women's space and understand how women shop, it was like, you know, that's the same problem, if not even greater for women of like, they don't have a waist and it seem it's, it's one size. So it's like, you know, it often doesn't fit well, it needs alterations or, you know, um, or you just need to find the brand that fits you. And so the same kind of problem and messaging that we were trying to solve for men seemed to resonate and transfer to women. Um, and so, you know, spent a bunch of time developing product, spent a bunch of time sharing the product with women, getting feedback, you know, understanding if it was resonating, if the fit was right and, um, you know, got comfortable with, you know, it makes sense now for the brand. Um, and, and kind of went after it. Uh, yeah, like I said, we launched December 2020, uh, worked on it for probably two years before that. Um, 
and we're still, you know, we're still learning, we're still figuring it out and um, getting customer feedback and figuring out, you know, what works for women. And uh, yeah, but it, it, it's been a great, you know, uh, launch for us and, and we're excited to keep growing it. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. We'll be back with full episodes in September, but until then, please tune in for a month of special topic-focused recaps from our season one guests. As always, please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at See you next week.